Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. Back here on Fantasy Sports Today, Dan Strafford, Mike Blewett, and we have some uh, news this morning. It's been long rumored over the past week. Chris Sale has signed a contract extension with the Boston Red Sox. A press conference coming up uh, at the bottom of the hour at 1030 this morning to announce a five-year, $145 million contract extension. Sale will earn $15 million uh, this season in a club option. The new deal will start in 2020 and run through the 2024 season. The contract contains a vesting option for 2025. Sale will earn $30 million per year from 2020 to 2022 and 27.5 in 23 and 24. He has escalators based on Cy Young award finishes as well. Uh, I mean, it's good work if you can get it being a lefty in major league (laughs) baseball. Mike. Um, So, so start teaching your kids now, but to be fair, and uh, what the hell happened to me? (laughs) <laughs> you have to Shoulders talk to me. Killing me. Um, that's what 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 better work is there than Saturday mornings? Uh, no, we, we digress. Uh, the obvious. <laughs> uh, and this is actually you. It's a shot. At I, my, no, it's, my, it's just a shot at my parents. <laughs> Damn it, mom and dad. Um, as we uh, look uh, in the segment, and it was planned uh, on our run sheet, uh, talking about contract extensions. That were happening, and you see it every season now where uh, the free agents or the free agents to be say, ah, you know, I'm not going to talk about it during the regular season. Either we get done here or we wait till the offseason. And teams are starting to recognize, and you're seeing some earlier contract extensions too, that they have a bit of an upper hand. They, they can get these guys signed uh, for shorter term deals at uh, a little less money, or uh, they can lock in their stars. Uh, and again, you pointed out earlier, Mike, an escalating revenue stream where these major league teams are making more and more money. Uh, they lock in one of the best pitchers in baseball uh, here with the gigantic contract. Don't get me wrong, but now he's theirs through 2024 and, and they don't have to worry about it further. Uh, a big contract here for sale who was on a very small contract previously. I think it was ended up being seven years, 49 million or 47 million, somewhere in there, the trade from the White Sox. Uh, a great day for sale, a great day for Red Sox fans, and and they get their ace for the next few years. Yeah, he's obviously been great. Um, but you've had, I, I, I think anybody, any fan will rightfully be. Look, everybody loves how well sale is pitched, but I think there are going to be a segment of fans that are going to be concerned because he has had some. You know, they kind of put him on the shelf a couple of times last year. You know what I mean? It, yep. uh, it and it looked like initially He's it looked also like crazy. <laughs> yeah, it it looked like there was like a, like a wink and a nod when Dombrowski was putting him on the DL the one time to rest him for a couple of starts. Yep. But you know, if you're paying the guy now, it's twenty nine million bucks a year. You're effectively paying him. Are you going to rest him and and make sure? Like last year, you only had the 27 starts, so you're paying him a million dollars to start, and then obviously you get the postseason starts, which are the most important ones. Uh, they're already paying Price a ton of money. Uh, now, again, I'm not talking about the only reason I talk about payroll is to make sure it doesn't hinder them from making other moves. In fact, the lead-in audio to this show was George Kurtz talking about yep. the Sox and their extensions that are going to be upcoming. Mookie Betts turned down an eight-year, $200 million deal. And by the way, it looks like he was right to do it. 
now. Right. At the time, yep. you're like, are you crazy? Who would turn down that kind of money? Well, the guy that knows that he can get three or four hundred, that's who turns it down. So, and his agent was smart, too. It, it, even when, God, a month ago, you and I were talking about, man, when is this going to thaw? I don't know if these guys are going to get the money. Rapid fire. Like, huge extensions. It just broke all of a sudden, right? Now we've got deals for Trout, Goldschmidt, Blake Snell, Harper, Machado, all these guys getting pretty big money. So Justin Verlander expected to ink a two-year extension soon. So, yep. you know, the Sox are locked into him until now. He's So it's a it's a five-year extension. So does that – did they rip up the old deal or is that – it starts it, – It starts 20, next year. 20. Yep. So it takes him through – he's going to be 30 next week. He turns 30 exactly 30 next week, a week from today. So – takes him through 36 you know you they have him for the next six years so uh it'll take him through his age 36 season i'd imagine you can expect some sort of breakdown along the way you know a guy that throws the way he throws yep he throws hard he throws cre- incredible breaking stuff so can you expect guys to be happy like that you know a good friend of mine that's a really big baseball fan very knowledgeable guy my friend eddie he and i talk about this kind of stuff a lot it was mostly over text but nonetheless he's starting to think that well maybe you just don't build through these expensive power pitchers anymore but clearly the teams to some on some level feel like they need to bank on these guys in the playoffs you know Dodgers fans are probably sort of beside themselves because Kershaw can't get it done in the postseason now and now he's breaking down anyway but uh, you just wonder if this is a wise business decision. Like, does it prevent them from making other moves? Are you going to have an injured pitcher on your hand in a couple of years? But I guess the lesson learned there is you just anybody can get hurt at any time, so you just shouldn't be worried about it. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think the power pitcher is here to stay. I think you're going to see more and more. Major League Baseball is at an inflection point when it comes to roster construction. There are some debates going on with the MLB uh, MLBPA and and Rob yeah. Manfred and and Major League Baseball around, you know uh, the three batter minimum for relief pitchers, which seems to be coming soon, and uh, pitch clock and all those things. But it's even more so the, the opener, right? Like that was a big change by the Rays last year. And don't forget the Rays won a ton of games. Like the the Tampa Bay Rays, they, did. they were, won ninety games. They won ninety games, and and no one seems to talk about it much. The the opener along with Snell, so it was Blake Snell and the and the and by opener. By the way, the two for, best teams in baseball were in their division, right? Exactly, and so that's going to be a blueprint for some of these smaller market teams to start to have one or two innings of power, you know, relievers start the game off, and then you bring in the Gio Gonzalez's of the world or Brandon Woodruff's of the world or like these guys who can give you innings and give you length. Dallas Keuchel. That, well, he needs to sign with the Angels <laughs> right quick. Like that, if there was ever a spot that made the most sense to me, uh, you have Andrelton Simmons at shortstop, so you have a great defensive up the middle, you know, shortstop up the middle for a power sinker pitcher. It's a big ballpark, so if he does give up fly balls off the sinker, you know the the outfielders will have a chance to go get it. Um, it's a staff that needs help. Uh, yeah. it, it just makes so much sense to me uh, for Keuchel to end up there. It's I, weird I don't to know. see a guy like Dallas Keuchel as like almost a dying breed of pitcher. Well, he, but that that's exactly right because the the sinker as a as a pitcher is dying. As launch angle becomes more and more uh, a focal point for hitters, the sinker pitchers are realizing that unless they're burying the ball in the dirt, right. they're going to give up a ton of home runs. Look at Tanaka. Tanaka is a very good pitcher, and and he's going to get by because he has a little bit more to his arsenal than just the power sinker, but. He gives up a ton of home runs. He does. He just it, it's just part of the deal. You, you have to accept it going into starts that he's just, and unfortunately now more than ever, you know, 10 years ago, not so much, but now it's just it, it's just going to happen in yeah. in any game that he's in and you have to chalk it up. So his ERA is going to be he's a he's a typical pitcher where you can't just look at the ERA and be like, "Well, oh, he's not really pitching that well this year." It's like, "Well, you know, there's just a couple of starts where he's going to get he's going to give up a few bombs and it's going to push the run total up. It is what it is, but for him, I almost think you have to isolate the stats in a different manner. 
Right. Oh, totally. And I think, so Keuchel was control and sinker. And as, again, we get the launch angle and batter eye improvement, he's going to have a tough time. I I think he's still a good, if not very good pitcher, but he's not going to be one of the elite. And so he's held out for elite money. Uh, And rightfully so. He earned it. But teams aren't going to go out and, and sign these these sinker ball pitchers. Um, and I yeah. think that's a pitch that's really going to go away. It's a pitch to that's clarify, slowly... Yeah, go ahead. Well, I go just ahead. think it's Sorry. slowly going to be diminished, and you're going to see more cutters, uh, more sliders, more you know curveball pitchers over the next few years than you see sinker ball pitchers. Right. What to, to clarify what I was saying, obviously power pitching is in. I'm not saying that power pitching isn't the way you should or the way the teams are building. I'm saying making significant investments, massive investments in an aging. I don't even know if you can call, would you call sale a power pitcher? I mean, he throws the ball really hard, but he makes a living off of the breaking pitch. I get it, but he's still throwing the breaking pitch in the low nineties and his fastball lives in the mid nineties. So, I I just think that teams are going to think twice about pouring tons of money into hard throwing pitchers that just get hurt. They eventually, at some point, do you know what I mean? Any year you look you look at the the pitchers that are on the starting roster. At least fifty percent of them are going on the DL. Yeah, at least. Yeah. Well, that's. I think that's uh, another. That's not great... including the guys that already are on the DL, by the way. Right, and the let's let's be uh, correct here. It's it's the injured list this year. We gotta so, we gotta no, get with the times. I, just I like me saying the screw it. I'm the L A Rams, the, the St Louis. What was Rams. the reason for this? They don't um, they, they don't want to be aligned with disabled people. Is that, is that in, I, I in, think in, it is. Term? I think there's a little bit of of uh, culture change there. Yeah. I think that's part of it. And I think okay, it's also it's aligning take me a minute to get used to it. I think it's aligning with other leagues as well to it. Cause a lot of it's the injury, you know, list in the NBA injury reserve, and yeah. injury. Reserve, exactly. Um, Chris sale uh, in 2018 average his fastball. Now his four seam is a little tough to track, uh, but Brooks baseball is a great site for those of you who are drafting this weekend or playing DFS this year, uh, bookmark brooksbaseball.net. It is one of the best uh, sites out there for baseball data, along with, uh, StatCast. I mean, StatCast, the way MLB has built out the StatCast uh, search engine has been great. So you want to use both of those for DFS this year. But he went uh, between 94 and 98 on average on his four seam. The slider sat in the 80s to high 70s. He, he threw a sinker. He didn't throw it a ton. But his sinker, which I think probably looks a lot like a slider, um, is 91 to 93. And so right. he is a power pitcher. He definitely is a power pitcher. It's just as a lefty, you kind of get he's not the same right. mold as a Syndergaard or, you know, a Verlander Correct. or those guys. Yeah. Correct. But I, th- Correct. I think your I think your point is right about investing in older power pitchers and, old, you know, unfortunately, 30s old in baseball. Um, I, I think it that's is. the right question. That's, that's mark. what it's considered to be. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the right question mark now of where does the money go? Would you rather invest in an Alex Reyes out in San, St. Louis who's had injuries, you know, had a lat injury last year. He's starting in the bullpen. Would you rather invest seven years, 65 million in someone like that rather than five years, 145 million in a sale um, to, to make the, the right move forward? I, I think you make the point also about injuries. I really wonder if we're going to start to see more and more pitchers elect for Tommy John surgery earlier on in their careers, basically saying like getting scans done of their UCLs to make sure it's intact. And if there's any damage shown, getting it out of the way. Um, I know because... what you mean, but the, I know what you mean, but the, the one thing I would say before, sorry, I'm step on your point, but the one thing I would say is that there's a lot of data that shows that if you have one Tommy John surgery, you can bounce back and be an all-star. In fact, I remember a couple of years ago watching the all-star game, and they noted that of the 20 pitchers or however many pitchers there were, 22 pitchers uh, on the two rosters, probably more, 25, half of them had had Tommy John surgery. So obviously you can bounce back and be effective. However, after a second Tommy John surgery, there there are not a ton of guys who have been really successful. So – 
I think you would probably hold off on that first one for that reason. Well, I I think that also probably is a a bit of a sample size issue of there just haven't been that many have gone through it twice because it's not it's not that old a surgery. And that's one of those things, too. It's it hasn't been around forever. But I I do hear the point. And listen, (laughs) I'm not suggesting anyone elect for surgery like that's it's not Botox. It's not. Hey, hey, uh, I'm going to hang hang them up for a week here. uh, I'm sorry for a week for a year. Uh, to get uh, a cadaver uh, tendon put into my uh, elbow. Uh, But I do think it will be intriguing to see how we deal with injuries. And specialization isn't going away in kids, right? So you're going to have high schoolers and even younger kids playing baseball year-round, more wear and tear on their arms. These are investments, unfortunately, that these major league teams are, are making in these guys and whether or not they try to get them surgery before they're major league ready. I, I do think it's at least a, a discussion to have around um, specialization, which I don't believe in. I, I do believe that playing multiple sports is just a better way to be a better person, a more well-rounded athlete. Um, but I do get the the idea that you need to be best at one thing uh, is really a prevailing thing that's happening in, in professional sports realm and, and uh, obviously high school and college sports as well. But uh, you get sales extension here. DeGrom apparently still talking with the Mets, but they are struggling uh, to make a, a deal here, which is, I have to say, somewhat surprising. Obviously, they hired his former agent as their general manager. Um, I thought that would be almost a done deal for them, but they still struggle heading into opening day, and he said he will not negotiate during the season. Do you have concern that the Mets just might get this wrong again? Of course. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, Mets fans. I, I, like sorry. You said you were surprised a little bit, but I'm not at all. Just, you know, same stuff, different day with the Mets. Like Anytime money comes up, it, it's a huge issue for them. They just can't get deals done. They're probably thrilled that they didn't sign. Um, I'm blanking. On the catcher that signed them, Yasmani Grandal. They're probably happy yep. that he he punted on their deal. He's not. His agent's not. But they're probably happy they don't have to shell out sixty million bucks. It just boggles my mind. Like they don't have an identity. He gave them one. So it's just this hang on to him. And then if Noah can come back to being what he was, then you're good. You 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 just get I mean that that East the NL East is surprisingly difficult now. So yep. they need to they just need to lock somebody in. They don't they you look at their history, and I've heard local radio guys here just bash them for this. They just start – they need to start gaining an identity. David Wright is done, and that era right. was a was a failure. The David Wright era was a failure. They put a lot of money behind a player that broke down, and they didn't do anything with to help him. So they need to get this done, and it sounds like they're probably way further apart than they should be. Wait, yeah, then they should be. And DeGrom has some some length on that arm. He was a catcher and a shortstop forever and hasn't right. been pitching for that long. So he has a little less innings on his arm than a typical uh, pitcher his age. Back with more on the other side. We'll talk some more MLB and some fantasy baseball right here on Fantasy Sports Today. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Back into Fantasy Sports Today. Dan Trapper, Mike Blewett with you. This Saturday morning leading up to the top of the hour. Weekend sports update coming up then at 11 a.m. Eastern time. Thanks so much for joining us. As always, we are talking fantasy baseball and baseball at large right now. Talking contract extensions for uh, pitchers thus far. There are some for position players that we want to get to as well. Uh, Chris Sale discussed already. We're talking a bit about Jacob deGrom there, Mike, and uh, sort of a throwaway comment by me at the end, but this is a guy that doesn't have a ton of innings on his arm. 
Uh, yes, he is older, quote unquote. Uh, he started pitching later in life, though. It's not somebody who's been pitching since he was 12 years old. Uh, and I think to your point is a great point is the Mets ownership has had a problem showing the fan base they care, showing the fan base that they give a damn about the team on the field. And we can talk about the financials of it all. They still point to the Bernie Madoff stuff, which I think is now far enough gone that shouldn't really be brought up anymore. Uh, but this is an ownership group and you know a, a new GM who needs to show that they're going to spend money. And I, they didn't this offseason. They, they rebuilt their roster through trades. Um, they didn't go out and spend a ton of money. And this is a team in New York that has the, the wherewithal. They need to get DeGrom signed. Uh, agreed. So <clears throat> I said earlier, I, I really just was having, I have a discussion about the power pitcher thing to see. I'm not suggesting that the Sox shouldn't have done this. I think it's smart right. that the Sox did what they did with Sale, and I would do the same thing with DeGrom. I think you're accepting a certain amount of risk, though, when you have a pitcher that has, um, like Sale, you know, put on the shelf a couple of times last year. Maybe they were just resting him. They know more about his arm health than anybody, right? So I, I just, you just wonder if it's wise to give these guys 30 million bucks a year if you think they might break down. Now, the reality is sale was headed towards free agency. They didn't want to let him get there. Same here. The Mets need to lock a guy up like this. I do think it is a worthwhile investment, mainly because, as I said earlier in the show, they have the money. They'll say that they don't, or they will cheap out in other ways, but for as far as this is concerned, they need to get DeGrom here and keep him here and just have somebody in case Syndergaard doesn't get back to what he was because DeGrom, what DeGrom did last year was incredible. Even amongst yep. other Cy Young performances, it was incredible. The consistency with which he was able to limit pitches and keep people off base was incredible. There were so many stats thrown around about him at the end of the year last year. I, I think I've probably deleted most of them from my phone, but I was screenshotting these tweets constantly about how good he had been. What I really gave him credit for, and I got a chance to watch him a bunch as well, is that I think he had some sort of breakthrough, which I'm sure every pitcher that has ever pitched has tried to do, probably unsuccessfully. But his mental focus to be able to take it, and I heard him talk about it, to take it pitch by pitch, at bat by at bat, is really yep. incredible. Mastering the mental side of sports is often underrated. We talk about Zion, Zion Williams, Williamson's athleticism, and we talk about other players and how athletic and, and smart Mike Trout might be. But to really master... The specific focus, especially as a pitcher in baseball, to just forget about the last pitch, go on to the next pitch, is really amazing. I mean, it, it was incredible what he did last year. It, it was on a floundering team, and he only went 10-9. and nine, yep. But all the other stats, thank God for the new wave of statistics. Everybody yes. knew that he was the best pitcher, even though he only had 10 wins. Absolutely. And I, I think... Uh... He is one of those guys that, from a fantasy baseball perspective, uh, a lot of people were questioning how to grade him out, right? How do you take what he did last year, take what he's done previous in his career, and, and find the right fit for his price tag this year? And I think that's a fair question to have. When someone has a career year, when someone hits that ceiling, you need to take a step back and, and wonder exactly how you need to evaluate them. Uh, he is going off the board uh, both in NFBC and in the Fantasy Pros ADP uh, as your, pretty much your number two pitcher behind Scherzer. Uh, that's not surprising coming off the year he just had. Uh, but I make the point about... Are you I am. With and that, by the way? Yeah. I, I make the point about his his lack of innings. You talk about the injury potential, and there's no way to predict an injury. Uh, like I genuinely believe that uh, you can get into injury prone pitchers and the risk you're taking on by taking one of them. Uh, but if you're talking about any pitcher can get injured at any point, you can have a torn UCL, you can have a knee injury, you can have a back injury. Like there's just so much that can happen. Uh, I like Scherzer one by himself. You know, with a bullet uh, on on top by himself. For me, then it is Degrom and Sale. 
and I, I could go back and forth with the two of them. Um, I do weigh enough, and I know interleague play has changed this. I do weigh enough those extra games against the National League, which still has the pitcher, uh, still has lighter lineups, no DH, uh, as a, a, a plus for DeGrom. So that's where I sort of lean towards DeGrom being number two. Yeah. Sale pitching in the AL East scares me enough. And then it does get a little murky. I think Verlander's great, but Kluber has had his his bombs in Nola uh, and uh, Cole. Uh, yeah, Blake Snell, uh, talking about contract extension, Snell signing uh, that extension with the Rays. And uh, you shared Five years uh, for 50 million, by the way. You shared a great article here from Sports Illustrated in context of the extension. Good for Blake Snell. You know, good for Blake Snell. Uh, he had a, a rough start to his career and was trying to find himself, as many lefties do. That is anecdotal, but is also uh, pretty proven out that lefties develop a little bit later uh, f- uh, from the pitching perspective in Major League Baseball. Um, but this is a really, really contract uh, friendly contract for the Rays. And so maybe... Friendly. Maybe Snell wanted to stay, stay. You know, maybe he just said, hey, just sign me. Let's figure it out. But five, he's $10 million. He just won the Cy Young. And listen, there have been some flash in the pans when it comes to Cy Young winners, Mike. You know that. Like There have been guys yeah. who have just had that one-year career year and sort of dissipated back to being a mediocre or good pitcher and never really rose to heights again. Yeah, but, oh, the D-train. D-train. The D-train. Um, he was, he's still fun. I don't know if you see any. He does some analysis, I think, for Fox. Uh, yeah. He's great on TV. He is fantastic. If you haven't seen him before, uh, folks, yeah. uh, check him out because he's a lot of fun. And on Twitter, too. Uh, like, and these are all guys who threw hard at the time. Now, if they were in today's game, you'd say, oh, you know, they're a, a decent pitcher. But th- their mechanics were sort of screwy. Now, Pryor's uh, arm dragged way behind him, and Dontra Willis had whatever it was that he did, <laughs> like the, 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 yeah. the delivery motion he had. Uh, but Snell, $50 million, and they also signed Brandon Lowe to a six-year $24 million. We talk about the boatloads of money that Trout and Harper and Machado got, but it does still seem that ownership has the upper hand here and that these contract extensions that the Snells of the world, Eloy Jimenez, who hasn't played a major league game uh, or or a significant amount of major league games, he's going to be probably held down still. Uh, They'll control that service time. Uh, The outfielder for the White Sox, uh, owners are signing these younger players to contract extensions. They are getting rid of their their arbitration years, uh, but they're signing them to these really sweetheart deals to, to these uh, price points that uh, a team like, and again, Tampa Bay has long been quote unquote, a small market team and they've struggled to keep players. Absolutely. Um, but that's a heck of a deal for the race. <laughs> crazy, man. It's crazy. It's crazy. He did that. He's 26 years old. Yep. Yep. He's going to be locked into the race for only $50 million until he becomes a free agent when he's 31. Yep. Like it's a bad call. I, I, I don't know why his agent would let him sign that, especially when other guys are getting money now. Now, maybe, I don't know. Look, $50 million is $50 million, but we always have to do this in the context of what other players are getting paid. Right. Now, by the way, we, bro- we broke into baseball with a breaking news element of Chris Sale getting a $145 million extension. He's getting paid 15 this year, by the way. So, you know, he'll make in, two, in the next two years what, Without the extension, he'll make right. well with this year plus the one year on the first year of the extension, he'll basically make the entire life of Blake Snell's five year contract. So I'm not saying Chris Sale, Blake Snell is Snell is on the level of Chris Sale, but I do think it's worth noting. Uh, the article is on SI, it's written by that that Dan uh, referenced John Taylor, T A Y L E R. It's uh, it was written just a couple days ago. So it says Blake Snell's contract extension with the Rays proves that owners have conquered MLB economics and talks about him and also Paul Goldschmidt uh, signing. So we can't get into the entire article, but it really is about how, look, we, I think we know that teams have done a lot of data analysis on salaries and what they can pay players uh, and what, why, what, is it, what is and is not a good investment. But I would simply say they are they know all of this and they, they give Mike Trout a half a billion dollars and they give Chris Sale who's over 30, 145. Right. I'm just saying I think there's a lot of showboating going on when them saying, well, we know that this is a good investment. I think they they're putting the screws to the players because the MLBPA ran over them for 35 years. And that they and did. I, now I still think there's animosity. There just always is going to be animosity between the MLBPA and the owners. 
they're never uh, getting course. the salary cap, you know, right. and they, they, they're, they're exacting their pound of flesh at a time when they're making more money than ever. More money than ever, and you're seeing that transition to everyone having the statistics, right? I can access on Fangraphs or Baseball Prospectus or Brooks Baseball or any of them. I, I can access reference. a lot of the data. Yeah, exactly, where you can get a lot of this. Uh, you know, forgetting even war or F war or any of the the win above replacement stuff, but the the root cause stat cast stuff and and uh, how these players map out over the rest of their career. Uh, the interesting you, you mentioned Goldschmidt. It, it does dive into also. It, it just seems as though we have con- uh, contract talks going on, or I should say, negotiations between the MLBPA and Major League Baseball. That's a good sign. They're trying to avoid a work stoppage. Uh, the contract's up not at the end of this year, but the end of next season. And it does seem as though there's some good faith negotiation going on uh, where the Major League Baseball uh, owners and, and Rob Manfred are coming and saying, we want these changes. We'd like to negotiate on them. We will put them into place either way. Uh, but we'd like them to be on the negotiating table as we move forward. Great. But these players do seem to be acting as though they may see a work stoppage soon. And that's why these contracts are being signed. They want to guarantee themselves money that uh, may not be there because of a work stoppage. So Alex Bregman signing a six-year, $100 million contract. Pretty good numbers. Guy, you know, has been in the majors forever, uh, but has shown the the hit tools to be uh, a potential batting champion, be a potential MVP candidate. Nolan Arenado uh, signing the 234 seven-year uh, seven-year contract. That's a huge amount of money, but again, he would have been the free agent next year. He would have been the guy uh, and would have been pursued by the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Rockies trying to keep him and probably would have topped $300 million. But he decided to stay and give up uh, that year of, of free agency. A Snell, and I, I didn't realize it was this many, Snell surrendered three years of arbitration here. So he surrendered three different opportunities to make more money in this contract extension. It's going to be a story to track. It's going to be one that we keep an eye on. Talked about Eloy Jimenez. Talked about these younger guys. Uh, Vlad Guerrero. Now the Blue Jays are paying their minor leaguers more. And Major League Baseball has talked about changing the rules therein of, of how much minor leaguers get paid. But a Vlad Guerrero or a, a Bichette, a Bo Bichette, uh, you may see them get contract extension soon to try to lock them in at a lower price point and also then control them. Don't you think uh, Bregman's deal is even team-friendly too? I know, totally. I, I think it is. I think it's $100 million again, not to say I would sneeze at signing a $100 million contract. Uh, Cardano, if you're out there, you know we can talk. Um, Seriously. But I, I think that it is a team-friendly deal. Six years, $100 million, when all breaks down for a potential all-star slash MVP candidate third baseman, is Alex Bregman's peanuts. resume is hilarious when you start reading it. He's oh, yeah. so he's like completely decorated throughout his entire I, life. Like yep. as a sophomore, he won the National High School Player of the Year, and he's been accolades all the way through. Second pick in the draft, on and on and on, and he's producing now, and he's won it. You know, he's there for a championship, and now. He has the opportunity, and he signs a six-year deal. And I would – what's Alex Bregman, 24? I think so. I think that sounds right, yeah. I'm just going to look it up right now. Come on, Baseball Reference, my favorite website of all time. He turns 25. He's the same birthday as Chris Sale. He turns 25 a week from today. So it's a very Alex Bregman birthday. won't be a free agent in, until he's 30. Yep. 31? Yep. Yeah. I- so I, and we I saw think, what happened to 31-year-old players this year. Right. They're getting Anybody cracked 30 on. plus. Yep. Well, and I, I think that speaks to baseball changing, and we are seeing more younger players come up for the longest time. It was all about uh, 27 to 29 was the, the sweet spot of an MLB career. That's going to trend downward. Uh, you have guys like Ron Chandler, uh, who's one of the sort of Godfathers of fantasy baseball uh, writes a lot in his books about 27 to 29 year uh, th- that age bracket as being the, the core for offensive players. But I really think that's changing. I think it's shifting downwards. Uh, you look at all these talented youngsters who are now in Major League Baseball. Uh, they're they're making the jump earlier and they're making changes. Now you're still going to have the Whit Merrifields of the world guys who develop over time in the minors and figure some things out and, and make the jump scooter Jeanette, you know, guys like Daniel, that who, who Daniel make, Murphy to some extent yeah, who became exactly a better right. player. 
Exactly right. Um, but I think you're going to see this trend downward, and the the teams, the owners, I I think are have the big upper hand right now in realizing that and getting out ahead of it and signing some of these players with this sort of specter of a work stoppage in the not too distant future. Um, the revenues continue to skyrocket. The players get less and less of it. And again, I want to make sure to say. Yes, they're getting paid lots of money to play a kid's game. Like, And we would all sign up for it to wear pajamas seven days a week and slide around in the dirt and hit a ball with a bat. I get that. But when you talk about the economics of it all, the players are the reason we go. I'm not going to the uh, stadium to watch Dave Dombrowski type on a, a laptop and talk on a cell phone or watch um, Hal Steinbrenner uh, sit in his luxury box. I'm going to watch Stanton and Judge and uh, Sale and Betts and those guys. The thing As that revenues I'd increase. Be most, yeah, I think the thing that I'm most concerned about, like from, from a player standpoint, is that... Oh, shoot. Let's do it on the other side. Because yep. I want to make that. a bigger point about put a put a pin in it. Where yeah, where we could be five years from now. Yep, we'll come back and discuss that. We will touch on some NBA news as well. It's going to be a LeBronless playoffs. Uh, touch on that briefly here as we close out the show, leading up to weekend sports update at the top of the hour. Dan Trevor, Mike Blewett, we'll be back with more on the other side of the break right here on Fantasy Sports Today. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Dan Trafford, Mike Blewett, closing out our final segment here of Fantasy Sports Today. Don't forget, once you're done drafting your season-long fantasy baseball teams and the Major League Baseball season is in full swing, it's time to swing for the fences playing daily fantasy baseball with DailyRoto.com, who is looking to make someone their eighth millionaire winner. If you're playing MLB DFS on DraftKings or FanDuel and not using DailyRoto.com to help set your lineups, you're doing it wrong. Save 10% on winning MLB DFS advice with an early bird special using promo code FNTSY where you'll get lineup alerts and weather updates, fantasy projections, and millionaire creating lineup optimizers. That's the 2019 MLB Daily Roto premium package at dailyroto.com. Use promo code FNTSY and get your 10% early bird discount. Today, uh, Drew and Mike, two of the best guys in the industry over there at Daily Roto, so uh, be sure to check them out. Uh, and we talked about baseball season, fantasy baseball season being grind, and I made mention of DFS. I will say this, my one piece of advice to anyone starting MLB DFS for the first time, think of it as a season-long endeavor. Do not try to sit here and play daily and put your bankroll it. You need to think of it as where your profit is at the end of the year. Baseball is a high-variance sport. Uh, Mike Trout goes 0 for 4 on plenty of days, uh, and Max Scherzer gives up home runs plenty of times. So you're going to have days that are absolutely terrible. Uh, think there of it as are a season 380 foot outs, and there are 320 <laughs> foot home runs. Like exactly just right. Ball exactly right. All so. The same. Keep that in mind if you're starting this year uh, and uh, do the research. Don't try to take season-long rankings and, and make uh, MLB DFS happen. Make sure you're doing the, the work each and every day uh, and check out dailyroto.com. You'll, you'll be uh, happy you did. Um, we want to close out uh, some baseball talk here. Uh, Mike, you had a point you wanted to make before we went to break. I did, and now I can't remember what the heck it is. Uh, what did I, what was I referencing? You were talking about you in five years, you were scared. The, yes, scared the that's word, it. But. Thank you, Dan. Sorry. I, I was so I'm here. reading a bunch of other articles about Kaepernick and Peyton Manning taking the Monday night football job. So potentially. So uh, I think to some extent that, and it can go either way. You have somebody like Bregman that signs a six year, $100 million deal. And maybe his agent is saying, look, man, we don't know what the economics of baseball are going to be six years from now. We may not be getting, because baseball, some people will tell you that baseball is a declining sport. 
certainly relative how the NBA is on the rise. Football is in its own category. We all agree with that, right? NBA on the rise, MLB a fan base getting older. Will the networks be poning up as much money right. as they have in the past? Media is changing quite a bit now as well with people ditching cable for OTT devices and, and streaming and the like. So you said Bregman gave up. Uh, I think Bregman gave up a couple of years of arbitration as well, it seems. But the reality for somebody like him is he's got $100 million. He doesn't really have to worry anymore. And who knows what the economics will be if he waited a couple of years. There's a work stoppage potentially coming. There is um, questions as to what the economics of baseball will be. That's why like, it's a huge win for these guys to get these massive extensions now. Obviously, MLB thinks they're very financially healthy, but... Uh, I don't know. I think maybe that plays into it as well. Do you know what I mean? Like baseball might not be the same Absolutely. sport five years from now. It might not be as popular. I, I so think just take the hundred so, mil now. Well, that's I, I. So here's my thing about baseball, and and for a hundred or so years now, baseball has been dying, <laughs> and baseball has been the sport that's going to be disrupted and no longer be America's pastime. Yes, NFL, National Football League is the most popular sport in America. I don't decry that baseball's always been a local sport though baseball's always been about those regional things so i think you hit the nail on the head talking about those television contracts right those individual team television contracts and how they are are going about that money what i'm most interested in is whether or not baseball changes the paradigm a little bit and amazon or youtube or hulu becomes a billion dollar partner with them and we see a lot more streaming happening with MLB.tv, Amazon Partnership, or who, whoever it might be, and the money's still there. Because, yes, I think baseball is dying a slow death in that youth programs are shrinking a little bit, and uh, yeah. you're not seeing as many American athletes uh, go into baseball. You do need a lot of players to play baseball. You can pick up a basketball and shoot on your own. Um, that's that's pretty straightforward. Uh, but I, I don't think the death is, is near. I think it's shifting a little bit, and I think it might be changing a little bit. Uh, but I think the money is going to be there. I think this is really about a work stoppage. I think this is really about protecting themselves against potential you know, free agency as that work stoppage happens and being left holding no contract, no salary, nothing to do. Uh, I think it's probably the biggest factor with some guys signing what are perceived to be. I can't explain the Snell thing. I just can't. He's a much more valuable asset than that. And I, I just, I, I don't know what to say. That seems like he just gave away a lot of money. Bregman, first of all, it's double the amount that Snell got. Um, and he'll be, I guess, a year younger when he gets to free agency. But nonetheless um you know i i just there, there's a lot of factors here I, I wish i could i wish there was a a single bullet to attach to all this stuff but there is a huge dichotomy here mike trout granted mike trout is going to go down as one of the greatest baseball players of all time but he got a 426 million dollar contract extension when when we were on the air a month ago talking about man when is this going to happen I, and we were saying like Machado and Harper aren't going to get what we're thinking they're going to get. And boom, they both explode. And then the trout thing comes over the top. You got Arenado in there. And, you know, some other players signed extensions too. There's been, uh, that's what this SI article is about, how these extensions sort of rob players of, of some of their economic potential, like Snell. But it's just a funny issue right now because you're seeing all sides of it. Clearly the teams can pay what they whatever right. they want yeah i think that's a great point too of it's it's we hear about the dynamics and we see the uh waning amount of money for the mid-tier or the older players but they are still spending 400 million dollars on <laughs> on a single player uh yeah. some quick notes for for those of you who are drafting and this is honestly news uh julio urias will be in the starting rotation for the dodgers uh, i think that's somebody that uh this weekend you should move up draft boards a little bit 
the guy's talented. He's coming back from uh, that, I think it was a thoracic outlet surgery or a va- yeah. some sort of shoulder issue um, that limited him. But he was great in the bullpen last year. Kershaw, Hill are injured. I don't expect Urias to be in the uh, rotation all year simply because they're going to try to build up his arm strength. But as you start the year, he's somebody that could really help out your ratios to start and then maybe even deal him or keep him for the bullpen. Uh, you know, you're going to have some upside there. Um I he's think, going uh, current NFBC. He's going 263rd. So that's yep. real late. So uh, obviously, depending on the size of your draft, he could even go undrafted. So yep. is that right? Yeah. 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 He would be just outside some some drafts yeah. there for sure. That's right. Um, yeah. If you have a 20 person roster, 12 teams, he's outside of that. So like Dan's saying, move him up. You can get him probably still relatively late. Um, and you'd, you'd have a starting pitcher on a really good team. Yep, uh, and I think this is uh, a, a fun time to draft this last weekend because you get some of the injuries out of the way. Now, listen, there's my third of the show. So, uh, but 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 listen up, kids. Uh, you want to uh, be sure to go into your draft with a plan. This is the same for football, same for basketball, same for NHL. But be able to pivot. If you're in a snake draft, be ready to have tiers uh, going. If you're in a, an auction league, make sure you have values for every player out there, and, and make sure that even if that's what happened in my my tout draft on Friday, I didn't need Trevor Story. Like he was a guy who was uh, nominated later on. I already had Seager, I had Machado, uh, but he went for thirty bucks. Um, and this is a guy who I think is a top potential 15 player this year and I had priced out at 35 and so when it sat there and I was the only one with cash I bought him and he's my utility and and I'll deal with that um in that league but uh fantasy baseball is upon us I hope everybody enjoys their drafts I, I do want to get you made my a point earlier about the pitchers by the way um Scherzer currently going fourth overall to Grom at 10 sale at 11 yep if you don't get one of those three well yeah then you you gotta Justin Verlander people are paying for as a second round pick it's fine but yep. i wouldn't be surprised if verlander continues to rise as we get you know i mean we're we're the season is upon us anyway but even as even if you're drafting this week i'm drafting tomorrow if verlander goes top 15 to top 18 that won't stun me yep. you know what i mean I, because somebody absolutely. will miss out on those three and be like well i gotta get verlander now and that's the the idea of having that plan going in. Uh, it's kind of the zero RB debate in football from the past couple of years. Pitching is hot right now. Everybody thinks they need to at least get one stud, if not two. But have a plan. Have a couple of plans. Of If you miss out on Scherzer, DeGrom, Sale, and Verlander, uh, maybe you wait around and you go Carrasco and Syndergaard, and you don't go for the mid, you know, Nola, Cole, Snell. It's all about roster yeah. construction, all about my last fake dra- My last uh, mock draft, fake draft, a mock draft, I did that. <laughs> um, I, I went, I was Wait, like, well, let fake. me see if I just, what if I pass on, on all these guys? I'll pass on Verlander and Cole and Nola and then see what happens. And I ended up with that kind of thing. I think I had like a... I was like, all right, I'll take a shot with uh, Walker Bueller and uh, Syndergaard. See what happens, you know? Yep. And uh, I will say, I think Shane Bieber is at, if not even exceeding the price point I would want to pay for him in most drafts as we enter the the, uh, last weekend. He's been good, and uh, you have to like the Indians uh, uh, drafting Indians pitchers with Carrasco and, and Bauer and and Kluber, uh, but I think he's now at a point where you're not getting any sort of value out of drafting him. You're getting him right at that price point. Same with Nick Bavetta, who's risen this entire uh, offseason, is now the number two starter for Philadelphia. I think they're rightly priced now, uh, according to ADP. I do want to get, Mike, your quick thoughts here on a LeBron-less playoffs uh, for the NBA. You talked about uh, the NCAA tournament and the Blue Bloods and the idea of ratings. Do you think we see a significant downturn because LeBron's not there or is the NBA healthy enough across all the other teams that it doesn't really matter? I think it will have an impact, but I don't want to overstate what it will be. I think anytime you lose stars like that, you're going to, it's going to have an impact. You're not going to have LeBron in the finals. Like, I think that just has an impact on it. It's eight years running. They've had LeBron there. He's the biggest star in the league. Good news is Warriors probably get there. So you have two of the other top three stars in the league that are going to be in it most likely. So, right. uh, you know, sometimes, though, it's okay to take a step back, to take two steps forward. You know, maybe it gives casual fans an opportunity to learn more about Giannis or Joel Embiid or yeah. 
whoever makes it out of there, you know. I, Jokic. I, I can't tell you with certainty. Yeah, right. It gives you an opportunity. Maybe Kawhi Leonard's there again, so people get to focus back on Kawhi Leonard, you know. Uh, so the robot that is I, yeah, super interesting guy that is Kawhi Leonard. Uh, when you read about his background, it, it, it makes you understand absolutely like why, why he's a private guy. Like uh, nobody can go through what he went through. To those that don't know, his father was murdered when he was 17 years old. So I think from that point on, it changed his life. I would imagine he's got a small circle of people that he trusts, and I think that's become indicative. And we'll never know exactly what happened in San Antonio, but – as Kawhi would probably say, it's none of your business. So, uh, anyway, I digress into that story. My great, my point was that it's okay that LeBron. You eventually got to move on past the superstars. I'm not saying it's happening now for, for eternity, but it's okay for people to start to learn about other stars and you not have this pitfall when LeBron actually retires. Like the league sort of had, you know, there were for a couple of years there and like, oh, Michael Jordan's not Michael Jordan anymore. So what do we do? And I think it's okay. You get to learn about these other superstars. I think it'll be a fun playoffs. Uh, and I did uh, find this uh, site for the first time and I went Blue to share Walton it. Has fired yet, by the way? You know, they're going to have to fire him now. They're going to have to. Fault, and, uh, there's a site called tankathon.com. Uh, which tracks and be all all leagues strength of schedule and you stole my drafts. word. Yeah, <laughs> Sue. I mean, come on, let's have it. Uh, yeah. But uh, they have a, a ranking of the toughest schedules uh, left and the uh, easiest schedules, uh, and it's interesting from the tank perspective and the teams that, that have the hardest schedules and whether or not they just lose out uh, to get the higher draft point. But it's also the the playoffs are are stacked like the, the in the west and the east these last few spots are are going to be tough to come by and so looking at the Brooklyn Nets with the toughest schedule the rest of the way uh you have Minnesota who's out of it Denver has one of the toughest schedules the rest of the way uh the Oklahoma City Thunder are eighth rest of the way on the other side Philadelphia with the second uh, third easiest uh schedule the San Antonio Spurs with the fourth easiest and they've been on fire of late so as we come to the end of the season, Mike, one, do you have a prediction on who is the worst team overall when all is said and done? And secondarily, do you have a prediction of who sneaks in in the East uh, to claim those final playoff spots? I think the Knicks are just about got it locked up, right? I mean, I, it's the Knicks wins, or the Se- yeah, it's the, the three Suns games ahead 17. of the Suns. Yeah, I don't think the Knicks are going to win three more. Right. Or four more, you know. They're going to get the third pick in the draft. You know they are. That's what's going to happen. Right. Right. The Knicks will be the worst team and not get the number one pick. I've been saying that for a long time. So it all lines up for Zion, and they're going to lose the lottery. That's what's going to happen with the Knicks. Uh, That, I can almost guarantee that. Um, As far as everything else, it's funny. It's the second year in a row where the West is just so jammed up, you know. Like, last year, the third and the ninth seed, the third through the ninth seed in the Western Conference were separated by, like, I want to say three games. Yep. That's, I mean, that's amazing. The Rockets are four games back of the Warriors, and then the Spurs are are eight games back. So, yeah, four games. Right. So, again, this year, so it's a little tighter in that it's the third through the eighth seed now. But, yeah, that's a a four-game difference. And, And... Stuff can move around there. Um, I would just say that, you know, if you're the Warriors, you probably hope you never, you just never want to play the Spurs in the first round. You know, (laughs) it's not the same Spurs that they were. You just don't want to go up against Popovich in the first round. You know, the whole Steve Kerr pop dynamic there. You don't want to play those guys. You'd rather just be playing Utah or the Clips. Uh, We are coming up to the end of our show here. Weekend sports update coming up. Great show from Mike. Always find him on Twitter at Mike Blewett. Find myself at Dan Strafford. The Warriors and Nuggets tie for the best record out West. We'll see if the Nuggets can pull off that win there. But stay tuned here to Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Plenty of great content coming your way. We'll be back with you next weekend right here on Fantasy Sports Day. Thanks so much for listening. Enjoy your Saturday.